This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleeping peace tonight. American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Yes, indeed it is. Soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, and the civilians serving by their side. We have the colonel back in the house today. Thanks, Robert. How are you? Doing well. Also, Captain Steve Mamano. Sign in, please, Steve. Hi, fellas. <laughs> That's an appropriate Navy Hi, response. Fellas. I like that. <laughs> that, fits. Navy Day. that fits. So... It's so much going on in the world. Oh I know God. our focus. I know our focus should always try to stay at the military, but uh, mm. so much of what's happening in the world affects the strength of the military and and the effect on uh, you know the millions of veterans that are out there. And uh, saw an article by uh, Victor Davis Hanson that was published yesterday, and I, I sent it to you guys. I think uh, probably you know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the points he makes in there. He says, 10 ways American culture and way of life is under assault. Oh, yep. And, Absolutely. you know, the guy is just such, so articulate. VDH rocks. Um, man, Love I just, that guy. Yeah, I can sit and listen to him. And I know he's not the most, you know, exciting person to listen to, but. Um, yeah, I'm the same way I could listen to him all day. Yeah. He said, every aspect of American life and culture is under assault, including the very processes by which we govern ourselves and the manner in which we live. And let's just talk about a few of them. You know, he, he says it really <clears throat> took off during the Obama administration. And I think in my lifetime anyway, uh, you know, Robert, you've got one or two more presidents than me under your belt. But in my lifetime anyway, I don't remember a president – that said A and did the opposite of A. I mean, was so, you know, so pro, his entire campaign and everything was about being unifying and bringing people together. You're talking about Obama? Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Obama. I don't yeah. remember another president in our lifetime. And from the minute, from the absolute minute came in, um, he did everything he could to divide the country. Oh, yeah. and, Absolutely. And, and I think uh, Hansen hits on some of this. You know, one of the first thing. That he said major upheavals that he starts with is free expression, and he talks about how, you know, um, you know, he says at a DEI workshop, politely object that whiteness does not account for all the challenges of the marginalized peoples, and you will become either ostracized, reprimanded, or perhaps fired. Mm. Um, that's it, unfortunately hear story after story, uh, and so people sit there and don't open their mouth, and there goes their. Free speech rights right the, out the DEI window. DEI has become like a bludgeon. It is. To, to just batter people. It with. is. And uh, it, it was um, never meant to be that. And then, um, you know, you talk about climate change that, um, 
you know, is, is there still any debate about it and your, your career or livelihood are endangered? Um, but you know, there was a lot, there were a lot of signals. If you, if you knew anything about Obama back then, you know, people were all concerned about him at the time. And Sean Hannity was one of the people who was drawing attention to, to some of his background uh, elements. And I, met, I I remember going online and looking up uh, Barack Obama's background. And, and uh, if you look at the foundations that he belonged to and the organizations that he was part of, they were all very radical, like the Joyce Foundation or the, the uh, you know, all his community organi- organization efforts yeah. were there were, were, uh, to, to be uh, appreciated. So if you didn't get a, a feel and a sense for the fact that he was going to change things dramatically, then you weren't watching. You weren't paying attention. At the time, I had a brother-in-law. When he, when he was, uh, you know, the dreams from my father, which is – that's a very interestingly titled book, yeah. by the way. Yeah, uh, from. Because they, they – you know, he barely knew his father. I know. And <laughs> th- anyway, I, I had a brother-in-law who was working for state government in Albany, and he said, I, I can't wait to vote for this guy. And I said, have you looked into his background? Are you crazy? Right. And, of course – what he said? Yeah, he, he, no, he was a, he was a true believer. You know what? But he, I mean, he, he, Barack he, Obama learned Barry Sotero, excuse me, Sotero. Uh, learned at the knee of Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn. Right, right, absolutely. So, and so, Frank Marshall two of, Davis, two of the worst yes. human beings Frank, on the face of the earth. Yeah, it was a, his uh, upbringing in Hawaii was radical. Sure, and and, and if you listen to some of the, he they used to read uh, clips from his audio. Uh, of his biography at the time, and uh, he would talk about how how much he hated uh, certain people and uh, certain races of people, and why. And you know, when he when he used to go in his friend's uh, uh, you know brand new minivan, he would make a point of putting the cigarette out, butt out on, on their nice brand new carpet. He just didn't like certain people, and he didn't mind showing it. Yeah. So uh, you know, Hanson talks about. You know about impeding the First Amendment. And he says commissars review syllabi to spot huh. incorrect or improper speech or insufficient DEI zeal. I'm candidly, I just went through that with my course. Uh, you know, did I, you? there wasn't enough. Insuff- it was insufficient DEI zeal, and I took. You know, who signif- reviewed it? Well, you know, they have a curriculum review committee, and there's Ooh. lots of different pieces of the university that are part of the curriculum, of which, you know, DEI is part of that review process. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, it was just, it was an interesting experience for about two weeks. Um, two weeks? Of comments going back and two forth. Weeks. Two weeks? Um, well, I mean, there was comments being posted, uh-huh. and then I'd oh, respond, right. and then there'd be more comments well, posted, and I'd respond. And uh-huh. um, Did they respond to your response? And no one ever responded to my response, uh-huh. but interestingly, the course did not get um, – it got provisional um, – Renewal or whatever? Renewal. Yeah. It didn't get renewal. Ah. Um, which I never heard of provisional renewal. Never heard what of that. What does that mean? That means that they're going to let me teach it this fall, but there's probably more we have to look at in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I I didn't back down on it. It was a pain in the butt. But uh, anyway, so First Amendment. Um, didn't you get some pressure about pronouns, too, somewhere? Uh, I haven't gotten the – well, no. I On emails or something? No, I had, I had a student that I think I misgendered during last semester and – it was a touchy situation. 
So, Paul, I'm mm. telling you. I don't know. Um, Shame on you. I hear distant sirens. You know, the state and the universities, <laughs> they issue words list of approved vocabularies. Um, How do you like that? Approved vocabulary. Well, this, this is this right sounds, out of the toolbox this, of totalitarians, which is right. what, that's what VDH is. Orwellian. Exactly. Right. That's, what, that's what VDH is saying here. Yeah, the second thing that Hansen talks about is a weaponization of justice. We don't need to talk much uh. about that. We see it happening every single day. You know, something I've always said since we started the show back in 2015. Um, by the way, happy anniversary. Really? That's right. How many years again? 2015. Eight, eight, Do the eight, arithmetic. Eight, hey, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. So uh, Today's awesome. the day? Well, this this show, okay. yeah. Um, Isn't that cool? So, uh, well done. Yeah. So we're happy anniversary. Thanks. Thank you, Robert, for allowing uh, allowing us to do this. Oh, and, thank you guys for coming out here. Um, but uh, we see the department. I mean, I've said this since the show began. If the feds want to get you, they can get you. In most cases, they didn't. But now they've been absolutely weaponized at every level of government regulation, the IRS, Department of Agriculture, Justice Department. Um, we've got a president now that's facing over 100 felony charges and potentially another three or 400 more if they keep going. Um, oh, a former geez. president, I should say. We've got a current president who you know, outright lied and has used his position and no one's even looking at him. Um, Sold us out to the Chinese and the Russians and God knows who else. Yeah. Um, you got a, you know, CI, former CIA director admitted lying twice under oath. We've got four former, current or former FBI directors that have admitted lying to Congress that nothing's been done to. Um, let, FBI our attorney general, first time in the history of this nation, was held in contempt by Congress. Um, just absolutely, um, absolutely. We got, uh, you know, then Biden campaign official, um, now the secretary of state that, uh, you know, put together the 50 former intelligence officials that lied to say that uh, uh, Hunter's laptop was uh, not real. Um, you know, the next thing Hanson talks about, he talks about attacks on the Supreme Court. And we'll talk about that when we get back, because that hits home. And a couple of these that actually impact the military directly, we'll talk about when we come back with more Valor Radio. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, 
white for innocence and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all. And our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. Join Abate Monroe County, American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. And we are back at full strength uh, here in the uh, Valor Radio studios with not only Captain Steve Hamano, the Colonel is here. Thanks, Robert. And we're talking about an editorial yesterday uh, by Victor David Hansen, um, and he's uh, discussing... Uh, things that are uh, showing the erosion of our our way of life. One of the ones that he talks about in in the article is the media democratic fusion, and just the the linkage with all media. I'm not gonna you know I'm not I can't name one that isn't, and you know the Fox News says they're not, but when the push comes to shove, they always fold anyway too. Um, but uh, the, the marriage of the media with the Democratic uh, Democratic Party. And, the establishment of Democratic Party. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're a wholly owned subsidiary. Right. And, you know, I always used to talk about, uh, I've talked about on the show before, elements of power are diplomatic, informational, military, and economic. And, you know, the Democratic Party uh, has, has, has absolutely maximized its capacity on the informational side because they absolutely control messaging in this country. I you know, thoroughly right. Growing up, I used to ha- I used to have such, and I think as a young kid, I you know growing up during Vietnam, and and watching um, we had incredible reporters. Right at the time, right? Covering Steve? Morley Safer and and uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, all those guys at CBS, the Tiffany Network. Those, uh, you know, th- those were fantastic reporters in the field and in politics. And we had you know commentators like Eric Severide and 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 Howard K. Smith and and all uh, uh, you know Chet Huntley and David Brinkley, Lowell Thomas, Lowell yeah. Thomas, yeah, right, and uh, Edward R. Murrow, for God's sake. So um, yeah, and we had the best, and, and and they they were dedicated, and they were dedicated to the truth, and the word would get out. I mean, you you might not agree with it, you might not like it, um, you know. I when I was very young, watching you know the evening news with my parents or aunt and uncle who lived across the street, you know, I used to sit and even Walter Cronkite. You know, he had very strong views. He's a leftist. But I don't know that they came through until, you know, until he did what he did uh, after the Tet Offensive, I think was the first. Really you you never got with, the impression that the deck was stacked against right. any side. There was always a possibility 
that the other side would be heard and that uh, the, there would be balance in the reporting. Right. I always felt there was balance. Right. Maybe I was mistaken. Maybe, but it was at least to me, it was the same. You're absolutely right. That's I guess you've you've articulated it beautifully. But uh, we just obviously don't see that anymore. No. You talk to people. Not even close. You talk to people. I could talk to 10 people in my office today and... Maybe three of them have watched more than three minutes of news, but the three that have watched more than three minutes of news have heard some, you know, messaging that is just absolutely totally, totally spun. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So, you know, the next thing he talks about is destruction of common law, and I when this one this one popped out at me before I read it, but you know, when you put the, put these elements together, you got defunding the police in major cities, um, electing. These left-wing district attorneys. Um, mm, yeah. well, that's a direct result of the activities of one George Soros. Yeah. Right. The um, uh, open society. I mean, if, think about it. The, these, the cities, the downtowns, the after-dark no-go zones have grown to entire zip codes. You know, um, they're, they're really, they become combat theaters is what he calls them. And it's not uh, – I understand how they can, they can attempt to do it. But how did, why does the public stand for it? I don't understand they, it. They don't know what to do. And, um, and, and also, they've been brainwashed. Right. You know, the, right now, right, we've been so deconditioned that, you know, someone trying to walk out of Home Depot with $900 worth of power tools Amazing. just thinks that they can do it. You can't stop me. And we'll walk right out and get in a car and leave, and that's the end of it. And that's all they wrote. And... Um, and no one seems offended by that. No. I can't, you know, God, no. I'm telling you, if I took a quarter out of my mother's milk, you know, change jar growing up without permission, it was, you know, there was some held to there be. There were repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> and now. One of the things that proceeds from the top too, you know, fish rots from the head down, et cetera, uh, is, is the, you know, the acceptance of falsehood. Right. Just it's almost universal now, right? Um, we just passively accept passively. outrageous lies being told. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. You know, you're you're going to tell me that men can have babies? Yeah. Well, I was getting to that. That's a whole nother. I, 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 that's I mean, a whole nother it's topic like, it's here. It's an obvious thing, but and it's like no one wants to be the the person to tell the emperor. He's got no clothes. Well, because there's now there's a. It's been. Uh, it's been. I, I don't know. Militarized, for want of a better term, you you, uh, term. you, you get you, you get slapped down, you get penalized mm-hmm. yeah. in a very muscular fashion if you don't go along with the, the orthodoxy. Yes, yeah. So you know the brilliance of of what Obama and his people have done since two thousand eight is they they took what was traditionally the grievance parties, you know, class, the haves and the have-nots, and they've taken. All the have-nots, instead of being all those people, they've broken it into all these groups now, either racial or sexual orientation, or made all these individual grievance groups. They've divided Ident- and conquered. Identity politics. Right. Is when you divide and conquer like that, you can accomplish almost anything. Um, when you let an enemy be unified, it's very difficult to do something against them. So you always try to keep that. But didn't do that. You know, another thing he talked about, and this is uh, what caught my eye originally, was uh, erosion of the military. 
He said, rarely has the, Amer- has the American people polled so little confidence in the U.S. military. It perceives a Pentagon mission largely one to greenlight social change through the rapidity uh, of the chain of command, not necessarily to maintain deterrence, much less to win wars. The left has ensured that our armed forces are underfunded, short on munitions, weapons, and military officers are used to promote progressive social agendas. Officers are expected to be promoted or stalled on the basis of views on race and gender. Those who traditionally died at twice their numbers in the general population in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan are ostracized and in near-record numbers leaving while their friends and relatives are no longer enlisting in the military. Former Pentagon four-star officers violated the code of military, uniform code of military justice in attacking a sitting president with the harshest invective invoking comparisons to Hitler and Mussolini, again, predictably, uh, from the left-wing point of view. The public expressed the Joint Chiefs to be both appointed on ideological considerations and from time to time even to be freelance to contact enemy counterparts should they feel a conservative president is dangerous to world peace. There is no longer we haven't any, forgotten that one. Right. There is no longer any social stigma or legal jeopardy for retired officers in working as defense contractors, lobbyists, or board members after revolving from the soon back to uh, revolving back to the Pentagon. So that that really pretty much sums up about the state of the military right now. It's unfortunate. Um, Once again, going back to that sewing division part thing, if you look at uh, you look around the world at what the global left has done in places like the Crimea, South Africa, um, uh, trying to think of another example, but th- this is what they do. They they find old ancient ethnic divisions and they exploit them and the way that they did it in the united states the way they came after us was on race right right and and but then also weaponized you know every other possible group any place that they could put a flag in the ground for some sort of identity uh unique identity um they've just extended it to that so um I mean, you look at the way that the races were getting along in this country in the 60s and 70s. We were doing fine. We were doing And it was getting well. better. It was getting better. It was getting mm-hmm. better all the yeah, time. I thought and, we were. And people, once again, this is, this is the brilliance of Obama. His entire campaign was... Perversity of Obama. Unification of bringing everyone together. Finally, we can all, you know, we are the world, put our arms around each other, and everything's going to be fine. And the minute, the absolute minute he walks... You know, walks into the White House. He starts divisive tactics, um, and unbelievably effective. You got to give him credit. Um, you know, I've said this for a long time. He's most one of the most effective presidents in our history for what he was able to do. Whether it was good or not, it's a whole other thing. Totally destructive, but effective if nothing else, right? I well, mean, and, and not only that, we're also seeing the third term of Obama right now. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, there, there's a growing uh, body of opinion out there that says that Biden is simply he's simply a, a, a sock, sock puppet for yeah. Obama. Absolutely. <laughs> Susan Rice is running the country right now through Obama. You know, Obama's running the country through yeah. Susan Rice. Along with other assorted ideologues. Right. right. So, um, you know, Hanson talked about the um, the heterosexual male and female marriage and the nuclear family are all to be suspect. 
There are three yeah, sexes, or perhaps still more. English language pronouns are inadequate to reflect sexual diversity. <clears throat> so adherence to such ossified languages is career endangering. <clears throat> you know, it, it's uh, it, it's discouraging too because uh, uh, we're, we don't. I don't see any trend in the other direction at all. I don't. I don't see an emergence of. Of uh, an, uh, an opposing view uh, uh, from any corner, I, I see us going down this road until something drastic happens, and I don't know what that's going to be. I, I just don't. Oh, there's still pockets in the country. I mean, I know we're we get very focused on the East West Coast. You know what the media does. Um, what what keeps my faith alive is what I see. In a lot of places around this country, and uh, hearing some music, we can f- continue to talk about this if we want when we come back with more Valor Radio. Get the podcast at WYSL1040.com, the all new WYSL1040.com. You're listening to FM 92.1, FM 95.5 West, or AM 1040. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We are back in, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this is right in uh, the Colonel's wheelhouse here, Three Dog Night. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they had a lot of hits. They did, for sure. Yeah, you can't for miss. Sure. W, you know, I remember waking up in the morning with my clock radio with WBBF <laughs> AM. Um, that was what other radio station was there to listen to? Waxy, waxy, waxy. yeah, we well, like waxy too, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I was more of a WBBF purist, and um, so that was just all top forty, right? Well, BBF and waxy, yeah, yeah. So, and then there was SAY, WSAY, <laughs> in the seventies, uh, sixties. Well, for 60s, yeah, for, for mainstream sixties and maybe early seventies, yeah. So, of course, the family car radio was always on WHAM. Right. Even back then. Louise Wilson and fun to be right. <laughs> and um, and then I'd preset, you know, the preset buttons in the car. I, I'd go in and change them. And my father never used to holler at me about changing them, but they'd always get changed back. Um, used but, to get uh, into your buddy's car when I was in high school and all five buttons – on the AM radio, we're, we're set to the same station. Yeah. <laughs> That's my station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. But, uh, you know, getting back to Hanson's article, and I know we're spending an awful lot of time talking about it. Um, uh, you know, he talks about the highlighting of race over class, racial inequity, and the lack of parity um, are due to whiteness, he says. Racial quotas, segregate, segregated dorms, graduations, workshops, and safe spaces are exempt from civil rights statutes given they are necessary to achieve equity. Integration and assimilation are the opiates of the masses. Um, How come the courts don't seem to have a problem with separate graduations and, and segregated uh Dormitory. Dormitory. I understand. I always thought that there would be some uh, hue and cry from the the courts, but no. 
Well, they're private institutions, most of these. So I guess I don't know. I don't know. Um, but well, most nonetheless, of the, in, in the uh, case of the dorms, it's self segregation. Self segregation. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Everything from meritocracy to promptness to physical fitness is a racist in nature, requiring DEI experts to expose and inform about systemic nature of American racism. Physical fitness is racist. That's something I heard this week. I it was on, on yeah. the news this week that someone was out there claiming that that was the case. Yeah, um, Anyth- Anything that has merit associated with it. Correct. Is, yeah. That's, that's part of the patriarchy or the, uh, you know, the, the – uh, the world of the white. Yeah. So, you know, one of the ones that probably concerns all of us in one sense or another, it just something that just doesn't, hasn't felt right the last 10 or 12 years um, is the absolute ig- ignoring of how much money is being spent by the government. Um, debt is a construct Modern monetary right. theory proved that annual deficits and national debt are just a state of accounting challenge. So printing more money is an act that properly diminishes the value of existing capital and properly hoarded by parasitic profiteers. Spreading the ensuing cash wealth to the more deserving and victimized is long overdue social justice. Um, Another thing that Obama did, the trillion-dollar budget. I mean, that, that kind of stuff... Didn't happen before. We, we, we hadn't. We didn't talk in terms of trillions of dollars. No. We do now. No, we do, and we do it very uh, casually. And we just spend money. We just spend money. And if they need more, they print, print more. more. And print more. They think putting money in people's hands is going to take care of problems, or at least uh, maybe soothe the masses. But you know what? I I paid over four dollars for gas again this past yep. week. Yeah, when yeah. I was filling up my gas tank. Well, you know, even in World War II, we had to we had to sell war bonds. Right. You know, in order to pay for the war, we thought we had to sell war bonds. I, you know, I'll take this right back in in modern times. I'll take this right back to two thousand one nine eleven. We we were attacked on nine eleven, and we went to war on an IOU. George Bush said. Go shopping. Spend money. Yeah, I remember that. How did we pay for that? Well, we didn't pay for it. We just printed more money, yeah. oh, Start, starting with Bush. And I know go, you can go back to other go presidents shopping. and before that. I'll have some. But that was really – and that's one of the things. We didn't pay for the war, so we allowed it to go on for 18 years mm-hmm. um, because it was there was no cost to the American right. people. One or two – you know, one and a half percent of the people served. Um, so – the population wasn't being inconvenienced in any way. Well, they're being inconvenienced big time today because if there's one economic vector, <laughs> which is which is more destructive than a recession. I mean, in a recession, you might lose your job uh, because we have to pull back, and we're you know you, you might be out of work for six months. Get a second job, you, f- you figure out a way out of it. One thing you can never get out of is inflation, and that is what it, the result. That's the end result of as. Uh, the colonel calls it printing more money because the net value of your earnings goes down and down and down mm-hmm. and you have much less money, much less buying power. And that there's no really good way to recover from that. No, no, there, there really isn't. So um, it's so insidious, too. I mean, it just it, people are, are like conditioned after a while. They they you know they just assume it's going to happen you look, know? look at the high points of what's happening to us economically now you can't afford a house 
Most Americans can't afford a house, and we are rapidly evolving, especially with new EPA regulations right. just announced by the idiot Biden administration uh-huh. that is going to drive up the cost of a new car even further. Cars. The average cost of an American car, new American car, is over $50,000. That's insane. And with very expensive money, you're seeing 10-year and 12-year financing. Right. That's so insane. Right. What, what, what are like we a, doing? It's like a house mortgage. Yeah. And, pe- and people will just go out and do it. I guess. Uh, no, they're I, not. That, that's the problem. The, the, uh, it's also affecting car sales. Well, so here, here we have. I don't want to buy a new car anytime soon. I can't. I can't imagine buying a new car. I can't either. I don't want to drop I, fifty grand on a, on, a, on a set of wheels. I mean, they're nice. I mean, they're great. And one of the EPA, the effects of the new EPA regs is that the American auto manufacturers are going to be unable to produce very much affordable right. internal combustion engines anymore. Right. Just absolutely, um, man. So, you know, we mentioned it in passing before. He talks about uh, universities. Uh, it is now heresy that universities should be places of disinterested inquiry and inductive investigation. And once again, I went through this with my curriculum review. They said, why can't you talk about this, this, and this in your course? And I said, because that's not the focus of the course. And I said, I'm not going to give them you know, 1% of 100 different things. I'd rather give them 20% of my time on five mm-hmm. pieces of information and really get into it and, and let their minds develop. I said the course isn't there to spoon feed them any specific messaging or anything else. Oh, it's that's to, where you're wrong. <laughs> it's the, I, said, I said it's to teach them to think critically. And nah. in order to do that, we have to bury – they were counting – you know, someone made a comment that I spent two lectures talking about Al-Qaeda, and because of that, I was anti-Muslim. Um, you can't talk about Al-Qaeda in an hour and 50 minutes and do it justice and, and have any type of conversation and understand the effect they've had on the world. Um, but because I spent two classes talking about that and not uh, enough – I didn't spend – you know, multiple classes talking about white violence against blacks in this country, which I'm not sure why that's terrorism, but um, I was, you know, I was, I was taking hits from this uh, curriculum committee. I this is just classic. I didn't back down. Um, you know, I guess I'm adjunct. They can let me go tomorrow if they want. I got no, you know, there's not much I can do about it. But uh, that that I was just firsthand experience with what universities have become. And um, indoctrination conveyor belts. Right. And I said, I'm not here. And I actually used the word indoctrinate in my response. I said, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to teach them to think critically about any subject. And an only way to do that is to get a certain depth of knowledge and then discuss that and, and discuss it from different perspectives. So anyway, we see this happening in the universities. But uh, it's also know. spilled over into the arts, too, because uh I mean that now uh, the, the the academy of uh, motion pictures arts and sciences is uh, uh, mandating what you have to have in every movie. You have to have in order you know, to be considered. In, in order to be considered for the the award, you have to include all these elements. And it's kind of you know goofy when you're talking about a you know you're talking about a war movie, but you got to include something on transgender or I mean what do you got to do? How are you going to incorporate something like that in a movie about something that happened eighty years ago? Yeah. It's incongruous, but uh, that's Hollywood for you. All right, we're uh, hearing some music here, so we're going to take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about one of Steve's uh, favorite subjects uh, a U.S. Army soldier who had his 
sentence overturned. Mr. Uh, Bo Bergdahl. We'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio. So baby, please proceed to give the love I need I want your loving, yes indeed Well, I want you, I love you, I need you so much Why don't you give up without magic touch? Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage, MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers, not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all. And our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. All right, we're back in here with our final segment of Valor Radio for today. Here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, Judge vacates uh, Bo Bergdahl's desertion conviction. Uh, The guy pled guilty, uh, got a very light sentence. You know, the the, uh, prosecutors asked for 14 years, and because... The proof of his being tortured while he was a prisoner, the judge um, gave him credit for that that part of his life and um, decided not to give him a prison sentence. Um, you have to remember about how we got him back. Right. You well, can't that, divorce, you know, Bo Bergdahl from the circumstances under which he was, you know, repatriated or whatever you want to call it. Right. And what they hung this entire appeal on was the military judge at the time had an application in. I mean, he was coming to the end of his military career, had an application in to become an immigration judge. And they're saying because um, he had that application in that there's an appearance of impropriety because they there might be a quid pro quo. He Because, becomes because a, Donald Trump had once said – that Bo Bergdahl was like guilty of sin, right? Or whatever, right? But yeah. they said uh, uh, because there was an apparent 
or uh, appearance of conflict of interest. Conflict of interest that his application was pending, which you know isn't uh, that thin. It is. It's about as thin as it gets. It's Jeez. BS. It's and they, absolute and, BS. And, and he got off on that. And so um, he was. Uh, they asked for fourteen years. He was. Uh, Dishonorably discharged and ordered to forfeit ten thousand dollars in pay, which means he got a lot of back pay anyway. Um, and so, you know, he probably walked out with a couple hundred thousand dollars. He probably walked out, um, be, even with his dishonorable discharge, a hundred percent disabled. Can he do something about that discharge? Well, I, this is a good question. Now, what does that do? Um, what what about the ten thousand dollars he paid? Is he going to get that back? Is he going to is his discharge going to be upgraded? Well, as this, a this administration this? is really big on upgrading right discharges um, for people who are so you know <laughs> this is um, we don't know although we can't bring back the nine thousand who didn't get the jab for COVID we don't want to bring them back right um, so. Right now, we'll have to wait and see what the military and Department of Justice do in, in handling this case at this point and see if they're just going to let it. Right. I would suspect with this administration and this attorney general and this leadership in the Pentagon, we're probably just going to say let bygones be bygones. And um, he will end up with an up, upgraded discharge and avail himself of every VA benefit that he can the rest of his life and laugh every month on the first of the month. Um, so just when did it become okay? What a slap in the face yeah, to just, those those guys. The four that, that were that were killed, I think there were five in total. One of them was a uh, was British, I believe. One of the one of the soldiers that was killed trying to find him, trying to get well, him. Well, now they won't say that any soldier was killed. They said people were injured. Oh, um, I see. So just because someone was killed during the time frame doesn't mean it was necessary. There was a nexus between. I see. Um, they, oh, there's no direct. Silly nexus. me. Right, right. Yeah. So just because Ask Mike Waltz, what right. he thinks. Yeah, right. One of one of um, the guys who went out looking for him. Right. Um, so. Uh, mm. This goes back to a bigger problem with the military judicial system. I know. Yeah. Um, I've never been a big fan. I've never been either. Um, I I would consider my most conservative friend. I know Steve gets emails from him once in a while. Nick Kerninski. There's probably no one more conservative than him, right? Wow. Yeah. He's got some good stuff. I, yeah. But yeah. he ended up he ended up being a jag in the Navy, and he was so disenchanted as defense counsel on a ship, of the way sailors were treated um, when they got in trouble. It was just like the Constitution doesn't exist. I understand there's special accommodations on a ship. You know, a, a, a ship's captain is, uh, what's the name of that movie? Commander and Master? Master. Command, uh, master, command, yeah. yeah. But that that's Russell truly Crow. the way it is. And um, uh, But he completely disenchanted him to... The whole military judicial system, and I, I saw it myself. Uh, there are so many ways to be had in the system. Well, finally, for uh, you know, some things are moving, changing with that. The new military justice rules are set to go into effect um, five months ahead of schedule. Right, sweeping changes to how sexual assaults and other serious crimes are handled by military prosecutors will go into effect on Friday, five months ahead of the deadline mandated by Congress for the reforms. So 
Um, Ostensibly, what they're doing is they're taking away control. Typically, whether someone was prosecuted or not was the decision, ultimately the decision of the uh, first flag, first or second flag officer, general or admiral in the chain, chain of command. command. Right. Right. Um, and they're taking that decision-making authority away uh, because they saw too many times, hey, um, you know, John Smith sexually harassed someone or did something, but boy, he's a great troop or he's a great sailor. You know, we'll, we'll let him outgrow that transgression. And, um, you know, people were not being prosecuted. You, you know what gets my hackles up? What? This uh, creation of a cadre of, quote, Legal experts to handle complicated criminal cases. Who are these guys? I, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it washes out. I know the, the current system has never worked in my forty years around. You know, thirty years in and ten years not well. It, it, it has never worked well. The no. this, the uh, justice system in the military. But hey, Kirsten Gillibrand was the impetus behind this change. You know that she. She was, I, yeah, yeah it's very, very important that she was behind it. So there must be some merit here if if she's for it. Well, all right. I'm. I, I don't. I don't like her. Her policies. I'm. You know, but I've seen too many people steamrolled by the military. Just like I said, the feds, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. And mm-hmm. so this is always something that's bothered me. I never, never felt clean when I saw yeah. stuff happening in the military system. It just really puts you at a great disadvantage. Um, and so I, we'll see how this pans out. But, uh, uh, you know, part of the problem is, you know, these even the defense attorneys, at some point they're going to be back working for the generals or the admirals mm-hmm. that they're supposed to be independent from. Right. And how do you... How do you, even though they have a separate chain of command, they know they're going back to the mothership <clears throat> at some point. And, you know, if that general or admiral sitting on a promotion board remembers that, oh, that guy really screwed me. He got, you know, he defended this guy and got him off on these charges. I, I just always, you can't serve two masters as an attorney. And so I, I've just never felt comfortable. Same thing with prosecutors. Even if they didn't think a case should go a certain way, if a commander wanted it, they do it because they know that commander's right in their evaluation. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, you know, affect their career or not. Um, so, I just I'm not I'm I'm glad to see something's happening. Hopefully it'll be the right one um that we're doing. I don't know, Steve, we got just a couple minutes left. What 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 can you tell us about the these two navy guys <laughs> that uh oh the two Chinese uh uh named uh spies for Yeah. What's well, going on? Well, apparently uh, they they got two guys for uh, providing uh information to Chinese sources, uh, military uh, information, highly sensitive information. Um, I guess one of them had to do with a, a manual, and the other one, I, I wasn't clear on the details about what, what exactly that guy gave away. But um, what, it, what it does is it raises the whole issue of when you recruit people who are of Chinese descent, you've got to be really careful that you're not recruiting spies for China. And Well, that sounds know, racially motivated comment, Steve. Well, I'm, you know something. I'm gonna have I was to... the guy that used to be a, be the, the 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 firewall when people wanted to get into the intel community, and I, I asked a lot of questions, boy. And there were a lot of people who never got past me. And uh, you know, I and I don't want to say it was a source of pride, but you know, you have to you have to understand that they're going to come at they're going to come in through the back door. They're not going to come in through the front door. But these guys here came in through the front door, and uh, I wonder how many others there are out there. 
I mean, if you look at them, they're uh, you know they're probably born in China. Mm-hmm. You know, they they probably are not just of Chinese descent, but born in China. And you have to wonder um, about their loyalty. Well, you really have to. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What else do we hit on here real quick? I, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, you know, the military's changed its retirement system from when you and I started. Um, my son seems to be happy with Does he? what he's seeing. Um because he's seen, he's in a blended system. Yeah. So, you know, part of it's like a 401k and part of it, they don't get 50% at uh, 20 years. They might get 40 or 35, depending on uh, how much money's going in the 401k. But, but he seems it, happy, huh? Yeah, because he's seen it grow. Right. It's not like you're hanging on for that. If you don't hit that 20 years, you've got nothing to show for right. it. So, all right, we'll talk about more about this next week on Valor Radio. Folks, uh, let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marine Coasties, Guardians, all those serving with them uh, in your thoughts and in your prayers. Let's keep an eye on what's going on in the Ukraine. Um, DOD just approved combat pay for the 110 soldiers that are in the Ukraine. I'm not sure what they're doing there, but there's only an admission about 110. Let's hope we're not sliding into World War III. We'll be back with more Valor Radio next week. I just do it anyway, providing for our futures, my responsibility, yeah, I'm real good on.